Hey folks, this is the guy, Chad, and you are listening to a DogCast Studio podcast. Catch the Turnbuckle Report every Wednesday, DogCast every Friday, and ScareCast every Monday. You can listen to us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podomatic, and we are now on TuneIn and iHeartRadio. Follow our shows on Facebook and Twitter. Stay heel, baby. Another episode of the Turnbuckle Report. I'm talking really fast because I got the man, the man himself, Chad, the guy. What's up, brother? Hello, people's host. You are the compliment to my song. What made you feel like you had to go slow on that intro? Usually you're all pumped. You're like, welcome, folks. I know. I just, I just felt it tonight. I felt it come in hot. I'm excited about what we're talking about tonight. Um, you know, we had a lot of banter. I'm feeling pretty good about what we're having oh right now. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I'm so excited. Oh my god! Like seriously, all I can think about right now is wrestling and getting on a podcast to talk about <laughs> oh my wrestling. God. You kind of sound like you know you like, you sound like that. Uh, what was that publicity off of? Uh, <laughs> Car, uh, Comedy Central, the Nick Kroll show. He, he was playing these two girls, these blo- with oh, yes. both lives. He's like, oh my god, Liz. Talk about derailing real fast, dude. I think I don't think we've derailed since like episode six back last year. We have to come in like this because last week I was irritated. I got right on the mic and went right into the meat of the show and it threw you off a little bit. So tonight, we're not even going to talk about anything. We're just going to get. We're just going to do nothing. This is the show, well, folks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Absolutely not. We're talking about one night stand. Tonight's show is a little different. Okay, we're not going to talk about topical stuff. What uh, AEW did, SmackDown. Even though it was all great, we're not going to better talk than about last week. We. At, okay, so this is how this all came together. So last week at the end of the show, you and I were just, you know, kind of kind of winding down a little bit. And uh, you decided to put in the old Google machine what the uh, greatest wrestling pay-per-view. Yeah. Right? So you're just kind of searching through this. And one, the one that seemed to resonate across the board was ECW One Night Stand 2005. Now, of course, this is the WWE's version of ECW. But this is the purest it got. So this uh, this in 2005 was was purely meant to be a one night thing. Uh, but as we know, you know, you watch this stuff in a vacuum, and uh, it turned into a whole movement, a WWE CW. You see, you like that WWE CW, and uh, it went complete to World shit. Wrestling so. Entertainment Entertainment Championship Wrestling Champions. Exactly. Yes. Extreme. Extreme. World Wrestling Extreme, extreme Championship Wrestling. Extreme Entertainment. There's a lot of wrestling in there. Extreme Entertainment. There was. So that's what we did. We decided let's uh, let's watch this this pay per view and uh, kind of get back in the old wayback machine and see. Gotta love the network for that, don't you? Say what you will about WWE, man, but that network. If you if you're not paying for the network just to watch the old stuff, then I don't know why you have it. Oh, yeah, it's the, it's the only reason. 
is the only reason. Because as as we've talked about many of times, uh, I don't watch. I, I'm not you know sold on the WWE. Right now. I think they're kind of in a lull. So yeah, I go on the um, I go on the network and watch watch. I'm really pumped that they brought it. Did you see they brought back uh, the uh, the story time? Oh yeah, story time was great. Used to be, yeah, it used to be Mean Gene doing it, and then obviously God rest his soul. It's now uh, it's now the King doing it. Pretty good show. I like it. So yeah, the, it's funny the things I watch on the network are uh, all the behind the scenes stuff, and obviously the old pay per views. WWE 24 is pretty good. I like watching that, but that's. Neither here nor there. We're talking EC Dub One Night Stand 2005, and I have to tell you, mm-hmm. since we are AEW marks, if you will, we, yeah, the guy and the people's host, we're AEW marks. We love us some AEW, and I was pleasantly surprised. I love it. Thank God you. Me. I love it. I was pleasantly <laughs> surprised to see Chris Jericho opening the card for this pay per view, and it was good to see a young Jericho as the come Lionheart, as the Lionheart Jericho. Yeah, I was pumped about that too. And and, and that, it threw me off because I didn't even want to look at the card. Like I was like, I've not seen this pay per view, and if I have, it's been years. I don't want to know anything about it. I want to go into it like this is brand new. And when I seen Jericho come out, dude, I popped. I was like, yes, to open this thing, Jericho, let's go. Well, and and before you know, the thing that really got me on this is as I'm as I got through the first match and definitely the uh, the kickoff of the show with Joey Styles and all that emotion he was showing. I didn't just watch ECW's One Night Stand from 2005. I went back and I've been binge watching everything from 2005 because it dawned on me. I think 2005 is one of my favorite wrestling years. Uh, yeah. I, it just kind of hit me. I'm like, oh my god, I like everything that happened in 2005. That was a big year for you because you were really into Impact Wrestling at that time. You were really oh, yeah, into definitely. both SmackDown, Raw, ECW. You 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 got it. Yeah, didn't you get a a belt signed by Rob Van Dam? Uh, no, but I got one of his hand wraps at an ECW. Yeah, so that was somewhere around there, 2005, sometime around that time frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a bit. Those were some big years of wrestling for you. Oh man, and it just you know we were doing the Monday night parties every night, and we just pick, just rotating what house we we're going to go to, and then the pay per views at BWW, uh, Buffalo Wild Wing. Oh my gosh, I miss those days, man. Those, that times. was that was good wrestling. I do too. You're right. I probably should have just gone through and watched all the 2005s, but I was in love with this. That's pay-per-view. all I've done. I'm even going back to like old Raws from 2005 watching him. That's what this pay-per-view ignited for me. And it was the raw emotion. You come in and Joey Styles opens the show and the guy's breaking down damn near crying because he's just so elated and excited. They pack everybody in the the Hammerstein ballroom and it just looked great. The production was great. It felt good. I mean, COVID-19, we have no crowds and this place is completely packed and the, the, the crowds are engaged the entire entire pay per view, and as you said, it starts out with uh, it starts out with Landstorm and Chris Jericho, and they put on a fucking clinic. And the crowd never stopped either. They were chanting for Jericho never. before that match was over. Man, they were all chanting for Lionheart. Uh, I think Jericho came out on the win. That was so insane too. Like, no, did Jericho win there or was Landstorm? Because wasn't that Landstorm's retirement match? It was Landstorm supposed yeah, so to be the, his they, retirement? The commentary match? had mentioned that that. Yeah, this this could be the last time you see Landstorm and this, that, and the other. Yeah, trying to add some emotion into it. I thought it was cool that, you know, doing my research for the show tonight, you see that uh, Rob Van Dam, and you've already alluded that I'm a huge Rob Van Dam fan, still to this day. And he came out and cut this uh, shoot promo, which is, you know, we heard 
did you catch in the commentary that um uh mcfoley geez lost yeah mcfoley was in there lost his name there. with joey styles did you catch did you catch that mcfoley mention mentioned that that was a shoot interview that that had to have been one of the first times i probably heard that term i don't recall him saying that but go ahead yeah so he goes in and he says well that well folks here's our first shoot interview of the evening and uh you know thinking back back then i would have i wouldn't have had any clue what that is because now we're all smartened up to the business and the the wwe has pulled the curtain back completely so we all know the terms now and we everybody gets to enjoy all these fun terms but uh, yeah, so he goes on and, and says that this is his idea. We'll come to find out that that's it was actually the truth. Like he did go to Vince McMahon and said, "This is what we should do." And you know, we're five years removed, and um, you know, the, the the fans would buy into it. It was truly meant to be one night, like truly a one night stand. Now, like I said in the beginning of the show, as we know the the history now, that's not the case. It it went on and and on and on and on. Yes, and and they kind of buried the whole ECW. This little fire though. That lit that th- this pay per view is what lit that fire to keep it going. You know, because I'll I'll tell you, like when ECW was at its height, I wasn't sold. I wasn't an ECW. Which is yet. strange because that pay per view um, was fire, top to bottom from the card. It was so good. It was so good, and I remember in two thousand five watching this and and then having to go back and watch all the ECW stuff I could find on YouTube, like everything. Um. But I don't know, in the midst of it, maybe I was just so caught up in the whole WCW, you know, Monday Night Raw, Monday Night Wars, all this stuff. Maybe I was just so caught up in that that I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't focus on anything else. But uh, I don't know, it's pretty good, pretty good stuff. And, and definitely the production value of, of what WWE was able to bring was so much better, so much better. It had that, I think it had that ECW vibe to it. I mean, it, it felt like you were in a grungy old you know, barroom brawl style, you know, yeah, <clears throat> whatever you want to call it. You know, I, I just, it had that, it had that feel to it for me, but it was still WWE, you know, money backing it, you know, getting some of their production style in there a little bit. Yeah. And, and we go back on this show all the time. We're talking about storytelling. Like we always talk about that. And I mean, until we're blue in the face, quite quite frankly. But this pay-per-view for like one night, for one night, it told a complete story. And that's why it had to go on, right? That's why it had to go on and on and on was was because it told such a story and the fans were so engaged. Everybody, you could just feel the energy in this room. And it really comes down to having that, that angle of uh, having the SmackDown guys there represented by JBL, having the Raw guys represented by... Eric Bischoff, man, it was, I love that in the middle of the matches, the fans are at one point, and this isn't even taking away from the wrestling, but at one point the fans are looking up at uh, Eric Bischoff and just, just decide to chant fuck you to him. And that was pretty Did amazing. He not know how to work that crowd that <laughs> night. He, Bischoff came in there oh, man. with heel heat like crazy, and he worked that crowd yeah. to death, man. Like Bischoff. Bischoff was a hell of a heel that night. Him, JBL, Bischoff, and Edge. Give them the credit to come in as WWE wrestlers, as superstars, to come up in the stands and work that heel heat to put ECW over the moon. Because even I was engaged on that, not having followed any of the story in 2005, because it's 15 plus years later, and I was engaged. Yeah. Because they worked me over, like, fuck you WWE bitches. 
ECW is going to kick your asses. Like that amazed me because I even felt that way. I'm sitting on my couch thinking, God, 15 years later, and they're working me. Like I'm ready for ECW to yeah. jump into those stands. Like even when, even when uh, Rob Van Dam came out and he was kind of giving a shoot. Yeah. Oh my God, the bantering between those guys out there, and, and you know that was impromptu. Uh-huh. Impromptu. So to see JBL engaged and, and bringing that heel heat, kind of an unexpected thing. Those yeah. guys did their jobs, and uh, Paul Heyman coming out, giving his speech and his shtick, and I'm sure that was another shoot. That didn't look like it was by any means meant to happen. I think they probably just told Heyman, go out there and say something. And he just, he nailed it. Yeah. You know, Heyman, Heyman's the, the mic, the mic master, man. Heyman, you get a mic in front of him. He's going to, he's, he's going to blow general. It. Yeah, for sure. You know, I did have some sad moments in this though. I ain't going to lie to you. It, it was, it was weird watching the Eddie Guerrero. Oh, I was I'm wondering uh, if you're going to bring that ben up. Benoit match. You have to, though. I mean, you, you have to because the allegations and when, when you look into what happened this night and, um, you know, there was some, some I guess, Eddie and Benoit, as close as they were, uh, had a little blow up after the match, and, you know, in the back because Eddie didn't think it was up to standard and this, that, and the other, which is crazy to me because I thought the match was fucking fire. I, I thought they, they easily could have had the best match of the night. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and Eddie Guerrero looked, looked amazing got his arms it's, it's were just, huge it's just it's just weird to think that you know we we weren't what two three months later and and he's gone you know and then we all know what happened with benoit i mean that's 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 drove into the ground at this point but uh it's just kind of weird and and it's always weird to talk about benoit and i get it it's a horrific thing that you know just can't be explained and in no way, shape, or form are we glorifying Benoit, but you know, as a wrestler, I, I, I mean, I was a huge Benoit fan, so it was uh, it was cool to see that, um, and it's cool to see that the network didn't take it off, you know, and try to try to wipe that history away. But the match was great. It was it was it was just a solid match, just all around all around. So I wish I could I wish I could dissect it and give you the ins and the outs like some of these these podcasters can but i i just tell you it's great and, and that's the whole point really is we're reviewing this this pay-per-view as we've done in the past and it's not to tell you you know what what was hit and miss or give you the in-depth history it's it's ignited a uh, a curiosity go back and watch this stuff guys go back and watch it for yourselves and and see the see how how great it was at one point or maybe even sometimes when we review how bad it could have been and 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 that can be enjoyable. Was too. this pay per view perfect? No, it had its moments. Like no, it, like look, yeah, they were still glorifying women in a sexual manner. You know, they're pouring beer and water on the women's tits and getting their faces yeah. in the middle of it. Like, I get it. This was 2005. That was still going on. It's not perfect. It's not a perfect pay per view. Um, but the one thing that I did get out of watching that was it was just, it made me feel good to see that COVID wasn't a thing back then to see the crowd, see people together having oh, a good sure. time. I think that's what I wanted out of that the most was to watch something to remind me of a better time. And yeah, like I said, not everything was perfect, but 2005, man, I would give anything to go back to that time to sit in that crowd, to watch that pay-per-view, to enjoy old school wrestling like that, to watch, Sabu and Rhino go at it or you know the Sandman oh, yeah. busting his head open with a beer you know I just it, it just felt good watching it like it just the the nostalgia moments that I had watching that pay-per-view was just through the roof through the roof you know so one question one question that kind of 
popped in my head and I couldn't wait to ask this to you was, you know, I kind of know where you, where you stand with your wrestling watching and what you, what you like. And, and kind of, you know, we line up pretty good. Is it the, was it the violence of ECW that you, that you were drawn to, or was it the technical side? Cause there's clearly two different styles of matches they had. They had the luchador stuff. They had the technical stuff with Eddie and, and Chris, and then you had the violence. You had the, the, you know, getting busted open the tables going, I mean, at one point you had Tommy dreamer getting slammed through a table, a burning table. Um, what, what is it about the ECW was it the whole package or was it one, one specific thing, technical or the violence that, that drew you in? You know, they had uh, Yashiro there. They had super crazy and little Guido, man. Like they brought these guys in from, uh, triple a, triple a, uh, mm-hmm. Lucha. And they brought, you know, these guys in that were coming in from, you know, uh, New Japan. And I didn't expect that. I didn't think I was going to see Lucha AAA and New Japan guys in this pay-per-view doing an ECW style match. I mean, they were, it was more of a cruiserweight style match where there was a lot of high flies, flips, you know, it's super crazy. I mean, he is, yeah, he and Rey Mysterio kind of set the bar for that shit. But super crazy was one of those that would get on the high rafters and do that shit. You know, um, yeah, I didn't expect that. And that was a that was a pleasant surprise. I expected more of the bob wire, trash cans, dudes getting sure. bashed in the head with baseball bats, chairs. That's what I expected to see. I didn't expect the you know the the uh, New Japan wrestling style in there. Uh, that was a pleasant surprise. Going back to Guerrero and Benoit, seeing a technical style match, WWE style, if you will, or WCW, if you will. There was a lot of WCW yeah. vibes in that match. And that was a pleasant surprise. Well, a lot of these guys went on to, they started in ECW and then went on to WCW and then, and then ultimately WWE. And then the Miz's dad, Mike Awesome coming out, you know, yeah, and, and, and going out there with Tanaka. And that just was a surprising <laughs> surprise. That may have been my, that may have been the match for me. Like that, that for me felt like the match of the night for that pay-per-view. Nothing away from Benoit Guerrero or Lance Storm and Jericho. Amazing matches. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the commentary during the Mike Awesome match was the was the commentary of the night for me. You had Joey Styles just completely untapped, um, working on a one night contract, literally, and he goes all out. He, he brings up that five years ago when ECW closes shop, it was Mike Awesome that was their um, was their champion, and he you know he swindled them somehow. He like reignites that old flame, and then Mike Austin does this, this awesome spot where he he jumps over the you know goes through the over the yeah. top rope and and onto the ground, and he's like, it says something about it's a, su- a suicide a suicide drop, and I wish he would have followed through with it. And I'm like, oh shit, that that didn't age well. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we can get by with that on today's. There was a lot of things that happened on that pay per view that I don't think you can get away with in a pay per view today. Uh, the crowd yeah. interaction with the yeah, wrestlers, sure. the way they you know you just can't you can't do that anymore. That was that was no. weird to see, um, but yeah, Mike Awesome in that Tanaka match was was great. Uh, the Sandman and Tommy Dreamer with the Dudley Boys, man. Like I was wondering when that fucking match was ever going to start. Sandman took fucking yeah. forever to get in the ring. I was like, dude, but hurry that, up! That's why that's why you hired Sandman for the night. It wasn't. We've, I mean, if you listen to Bruce Pritchard's pod, podcast, he has an amazing line of, you know, a guy with a great intro and then the bell rings and it all goes to shit. And that's kind of how it is with Sandman. He's not this great wrestler. It's, it's, you 
you go to see a Sandman's intro, and that's it. Yeah, because he dragged it. Because the guy's already freaking bleeding before he gets on the. He the dragged rain. it out, man. He's smashing his head with the fucking beer can, and he's already busted open. Yeah. You hear Joey Styles already bringing up the fact that he's already busted open, and then oh Bell hasn't God. even been up yet. He's he's going out there. Yeah. Like women are grabbing up on this this dude that looks like he's got a beer gut, and he and he's like my next door neighbor who just finished barbecuing and decided he wants to go wrestle now because he's had too many. One too many beers are flowing. I gotta go get a wrestling match in, baby. Yeah, I've had too many of the one too many of the daddy pops over here ready to go do some wrestling. Uh, go get my boy Tommy in the ring for me. I'm gonna be right back. <laughs> I was the state champion in high school. I believe me. Twenty years ago, you wouldn't have fucked. I could have thrown a football over the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> now why don't you go ahead and give me this here beer? <laughs> Yeah, you get the Dudleys in there too. You got Bubba Ray and Devon looking like, oh man, they looked good. I miss me some yeah. Dudley boys, man. They look good. And they, uh, the littlest Dudley came out that night. That was kind of cool to see. Uh, but think about it. We This was the last time you saw the Dudleys for 10 years. They didn't come back to the WWE until 2015. It was good to see them, though. And they look great. It's, cra- it's crazy to think about. Bubba Ray looked like he awesome, could just yeah. kick everyone's ass in that ring that night, too, man. All beef, man. The dude's stacked up, for sure. And, he, you know, do you think about it back in the early 90s or the mid-90s when he was really big in ACW? He, he wasn't He wasn't Not like, like that. that. He, 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 old... he used his time off wisely with the with the, with the gym, man. And, and you know, Devon oh, looked like sure. Devon. Devon was always cut, you know. He looked great. But Bubba Ray was a yeah, surprise. Was, I was like, when was Bubba Ray ever that stacked? He never looked like that. He doesn't look like that now. But in 2005, yeah. he was jacked, man. He looked good. Uh, ben, not Ben Wall, but Jericho. Mm-hmm. He looked good. Not not like the Jericho in AEW, man. Like this 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 version was like, <laughs> he looked good. We're talking 20 years. It was 15 years ago, man. I, I get it. Yeah, yeah, I get exactly. it. I get that he's aged, but man, when my wife's yeah. sitting there watching TV and she's watching, uh, she's watching this pay per view with me, and she goes, "Is that Chris?" I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "Oh my god, he used to be so hot." Oh my god! I'm like, yeah, "That was 15 years ago." She's like, "Oh my god, I'm just sweating over here." Oh, oh. Maybe you should like seriously take this, just really take this gym thing seriously. Dye your hair blonde and shave your face, and I don't know. Maybe things could happen for us. How? What kind of surgery could you have to look like that? Because I need it. <laughs> I need a little Jericho. Just in my take life. a picture. Just take a picture of the lion heart. Go to the plastic surgeon and say, "Do it, bitch." <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong with looking like Bubba Ray? I love your wife. God bless her, but she's she's not all of a sudden she's a, a little valley girl yeah, i don't know where that even in, in fact she doesn't even sound head. like that when she talked i don't know where that even came from but the point is I don't know. I'm stuck. she she was all about chris jericho and she's like you look good and you know not that chris don't jericho looks bad i mean the man is what pushing almost 60. hope i look that good in 50, 50. i wish i hope i do too i wish i looked that good now yeah well you don't i will tell you one more thing though and this, this is the thing that stood out the, the most about this pay-per-view to me we are watching an ECW show on WWE, right? So we all know at this point that WWE owns the brand. They own the brand. They own the rights, yada, yada, yada. But they did a, a favor to the to the fans, and they did a completely ECW brand uh, for this one night. I mean, you could even say that they, they did moving forward when they created the third brand, but not really. It had too much WWE influence. Having said all that, what if, just what if, and, and let me let me build this a little more. 
Shane McMahon was a huge ECW fan. And one of the biggest reasons that we saw ECW come back into the WWE and become a thing again, because he was such a huge fan of the original ECW. Now, having said that, what if you could just get the WWE to do it at what every other wrestling company does and just work together? Let's say with an AEW, you could see this kind of pay-per-view if they would just work together. I know I'm not trying to say just go, you know, hang out in, in, in pastures full of flowers here, but man, wouldn't that be awesome? Like, wouldn't that be awesome Crossover to see pay-per-views. AEW talent? They, they can all have their yes. individual shows, but one night a year, Absolutely. one night a year, Everybody AEW gets a versus WWE pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Champion versus champion, cruiserweight versus TNT champion just you know usa versus aew's non-existent intercontinental whatever you want to call it tag team versus tag team have to be just get out there and get it done you don't have to have you you don't have to have huge storylines all you have to do is have credible roman reigns versus john moxley yeah it would be awesome and you know it, it in this vince mcmahon era of wrestling, it'll never happen. So, which you know, is weird because wasn't he open with New Japan at one point? Like he was open for those cross promotions at one point. In no, his so he he was open to allowing his his guys go over to New Japan. But you're talking about a completely, you know, you're talking about worlds apart markets here. So, I suppose I think it's unfortunate that Vince McMahon has stronghold the the wrestling world like that. But AEW is is yeah. is pushing the boundaries of listen. It's okay if we all work together. You get Lucha AAA belts mixed in with the AEW belts or, you know, the NWA belt mixed in with the AEW belts. Like, they're showing that that can work. But if you mixed in WWE with AEW one night a year with, you know, Mm -hmm. with their their roster of their best, that the AEW's roster of best, and just get them out there, everybody's going to win in that scenario. Everybody got – everybody's going to get put over. Nobody's going to lose. You know, even if even if a WWE guy gets pinned by an AEW guy, the WWE guy is still going to get put over because he showed up on AEW's pay per view, or vice versa. So, in my opinion, I think that would you know, be great. it doesn't it doesn't even have to be it doesn't even have to be a full event. It could just be you see, um, I don't know, you see Otis. Let's take somebody that doesn't even doesn't even have a title. You just see Otis do a crossover uh, angle for a couple weeks. You know, I, I would just I would just love that. And I know I'm talking territory days and. And Vince McMahon spent a lot of time and money to destroy that. But uh, I'm hopeful for the future. And Love to bring back the territory days. We live in a, we live in a, a society now where crossovers are a big deal. You know, like everything's a crossover anymore. Mm-hmm. Crossover shows, crossover with movies. Everything's a crossover. And if AEW yeah. can, and I'm sure Cody's willing to do it, along with the Omega and the rest, Tony Khan. Well, Tony Khan. And Tony Khan's a diehard old-time ECW fan. That, that, that's all these connections to me. That's why when I watch this pay-per-view, I'm like, God, if we could just get them to, to I don't know, get in the pool, man, and just Dive in. look at all the similarities here. Exactly. Won't happen, though. Won't and happen. you know what was great about it? The, to bring this up, look what, look what happened. They had a full ECW card, and guess who ends the show? Stone Cold Steve fucking Austin. Comes out, wants a beer, gets up with Sandman. You know, two of the most craziest sons of bitches in all of wrestling standing side by side, you know, both wanting their beers. Yeah. And and you got the crowd lost their shit when the glass broke. And you got those guys out and, and he is pro ECW against his former WWE people. People lost their shit. 
the crowd probably thought they had died and gone to wrestling heaven over all that. And that probably felt like the closest thing to a crossover promotion thing that you could possibly ever see. And that that's what that pay-per-view gave to me. And if we'd see more of that today, one night a year, one night stand, the revamp version with AEW, you're going to get that kind of reaction out of the crowd. You're going to get tickets sell out every time. So I want to end the show a little different tonight because we are recapping an old pay-per-view and Chad, if there was one episode that you would tell people to go back and watch, which one for our show? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What one match on this pay-per-view? I'll give you two. Which match would it have been? I'll give you two. I'll say one, one, our our episode, an episode of turnbuckle, sir. sir, I only asked for one. I'll say an episode of our turnbuckle report episode and a match on this card. Uh, if you were to go back and watch, I would watch the Mike op, awesome in uh tanaka match that in my opinion that was the best one and i'd watch uh the our show is to listen to part two of our time travel series on turnbuckle report if you have a chance Mm -hmm. go back and listen i agree with you there that was a a fun show well one match for me if i was to say this is you got to go back and watch it and i know it may not be uh palatable for some people's liking um but for me it would be eddie and, and chris um, if anything, to see one what once was, you're talking about two great wrestlers, uh, two great performers that we will um, never, ever, ever be able to see again. And um, that's not to glorify Chris. I always feel like I got to put that in there. But great match and just a very, very slight second right behind that would definitely be Lance Storm and Chris Jericho. Great so, uh, especially right now, you're celebrating 30 years of Chris Jericho. It's, it's it's appropriate. Go back and check out Jericho as the Lionheart. That was awesome. That was so awesome to see him come out as Lionheart. Because at this time, he was Y2J. He wasn't even close to being Lionheart. Let me ask you something, too. Um, since we're being a little reminiscent here, we're almost one year into our show. What was your favorite episode that you recorded with Turnbuckle Report? If you had to go back and rethink of any episode that stood out in your mind, what was your favorite series or favorite episode that you did on the mic? Mm, put me on the spot. They're all so much fun. So good. I would say the time traveler stuff was awesome. Uh, we had a lot of fun with that. And I feel like I'm just going to go with that whole series, you know, and I know it's, it's lame because I'm piggybacking off of you, but I have to go there because if you're new to the turnbuckle report and let's say you just become a new fan, we've got some new fans. So awesome. Thank you. Appreciate having you go back and, and listen to that because it wasn't just the topical stuff. It was the creativity and we were all hitting on all cylinders. And we we're having so much fun with it. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that it was enjoyable. It was fun. It was fun doing it. And we're always waiting for that next uh, lightning to catch in a bottle. And uh, it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, I would say that whole that whole three. If you had asked the big dog, I'm sure he'd say the same thing. And I have to agree. That was absolutely that was um, that particular series wasn't something we just kind of woke up that morning and said, you know, we're going to do this. That was something we had been planning since probably when the show started. We had spitballed yeah. that and said, when is the most appropriate time to do something like that? And we said, well, let's do it as like a, you know, a, a prank, if you will, for, uh, you know, April Fool's Day. That April Fool's. evolved into this yeah. big four-part series that uh, I think we're all pretty proud of. It was probably some of the best work we've done creatively and on top of anything that we've discussed wrestling, in my opinion, as well. You know what my uh, absolute favorite is? Whether you're heel, whether you're babyface, you do you, baby.
This has been a Dogcast production.